1: For Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it! Elijah Moore! The 20! The 10! The 5! Touchdown! Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately got the handoff. the q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From
0: the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And it is time for the Jets-Jaguars post-game report The Jets get the victory at MetLife Stadium The day after Christmas Final score 26-21 Over the Jacksonville Jaguars And so to talk about that We bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NorthJersey.com Mr. Andy Vasquez Andy, I thought this game was going to be an absolute snooze fest. For whatever else you want to say about this game, it was not that. It was actually very entertaining.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be weird, and the Jets very rarely these days seem to play boring games. I'm not saying they're pretty or anything, but, you know, the whole with the COVID situation and and five defensive starters out and both uh, guards out for the offense and the head coach, Robert Sala, not there, and then the Jets not having their top three receivers. I can certainly see why you thought it was going to be a snooze fest, but it was not a snooze fest. It was gloriously weird, and somehow the Jets got the win, and it it was definitely a, a weird thriller. That's what I would call it.
0: Gloriously weird is one way to put it, Andy. I'm looking at the names of the players that played in this game for the Jets, and if I may paraphrase A line from the movie Major League I haven't heard of half these guys The ones I have heard of are way past their prime Most of these guys never had a prime Kai Nakua Freedom Akanumudun I don't even know how to pronounce that Leroy Reynolds, that sounds like a made up name Tim Ward, Will Parks So a whole bunch of guys that Have no real long term future here with the Jets They were essentially replacement players Because half the roster was out With COVID or injuries Or whatever else The positive that you take away from this, above all else, Andy, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, was Zach Wilson played really well today. Now, if you just look at the box score, you're going to say, Scott, he was 14-22 for 102 yards and a touchdown. What is the big deal about that? But it's not the actual numbers, it's what he did on the field. He looked poised, he looked confident, made a lot of nice throws, had some really bad drops, including one by Denzel Mims in the end zone, which was straight up embarrassing. Another blemish on Denzel Mims' 2021 season and yet another reason why it looks like he probably doesn't have a long-term future here. Another really bad drop on a potential first down to Jeff Smith. But also, Zach Wilson had four carries for 91 yards, really showing off his legs, including a franchise-record 52-yard run. That is the longest run for a Jets quarterback ever. Had a really nice day overall. Didn't make any big mistakes, which is another key And then you look at Michael Carter, he had a big game too, 16 carries, 118 yards, Tevin Coleman, 14 carries, 57 yards, so the two of them combined, 30 carries for 175 yards, big rushing day for the Jets, and really if you're going to take positives away from this game, like I said, that's at the top of the list, Zach Wilson continues to progress, Michael Carter looks more and more like a long-term quality piece for this team, And Tevin Coleman, who's probably not going to be here long term, Seems to be helping the running game get a little bit of momentum down the stretch. Also, Braxton Berrios had another big return today for a touchdown. You remember, he started the game against the Saints two weeks ago at MetLife Stadium with a huge return, getting the Jets all the way down to the 20-yard line. So he continues to have an impressive season, receiving five catches, 37 yards. He's a really good return man, a decent piece to have as a wide receiver. He certainly stepped in today and helped out when they were very, very short-handed. Andy, the other thing that we can take away from this that I forgot to mention, but it absolutely needs to be mentioned, is that the only passing touchdown of the day was from Zach Wilson to Connor McDermott. Connor McDermott, the third-string tackle who was forced into duty again today, reported as tackle eligible, and the thing that was amazing about this, Andy is that if you recall the famous Jumbo Elliott touchdown catch in the Monday Night Miracle, he bobbled the ball, they had to review it, they weren't sure if he had it, and then after the review, they gave it to him. You watch it back, and it really was iffy because he was bobbling the ball as he went down. Connor McDermott looked like a professional tight end when he made this catch. There was no doubt about it, hauled it in easy. I was telling you before we started recording I was watching with no sound on, so I didn't hear the announcer say anything. And when he caught it, I didn't see the number, so I thought that it was Tyler Croft. And then when I watched the replay, I said, oh my God, it was Connor McDermott? I didn't know he was tackle eligible. So that was one of the weirder things that we've seen this season from the Jets. Overall, though, the offense looked good. Zach Wilson continued to progress. As I said, Michael Carter looks like he's going to be a real keeper here for the Jets. And those are all positives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say about Zach Wilson's day. It's you're never going to go too over the top on a on a quarterback who threw for 102 yards on a in a game on on 22 passing attempts. Let's not get crazy about the performance, but it was still quite good, just because of the 91 rushing yards. I'll get more into that in a second and, and kind of put it into context, um, and the fact that really. I thought he had more of an impact on the game than Trevor Lawrence did. Trevor Lawrence's numbers were better. And of course that's a natural comparison with, with Lawrence being the number one pick in the draft and Zach Wilson being the number two pick. Um, His his passing numbers were better, but Wilson had that 52 yard run. Um, He had another big scramble on fourth and one, I believe Uh, the big, Uh, third and nine pass to Berrios for 12 yards in the fourth quarter when the Jets were trying to put away the game. That's another huge play. And then we'll certainly get more into the McDermott play when we talk about what the players had to say after the game, because they had a lot to say about it. And a lot of it was very funny. Um, But that was a great play too, where he, he's making his reads. He feels the pressure and he gets out of the pocket and makes something happen. Um, and, And we saw, a potential killer mistake from Trevor Lawrence. And we didn't see that from Zach Wilson today. He threw three passes that were nearly intercepted, but two of them were deflected at the line of scrimmage. And the third one looked like a miscommunication on a route with Denzel Mims. Um, And I'm going to get into Mims in a second here too, but yeah, it's just, it was, that was important for Zach Wilson. I think that he can build off of this. I think that he's clearly playing with more confidence Yes, it was against one of the worst teams in the league, but the jets were severely shorthanded as we talked about. Um, and for him to do this today, I think is a sign that he's headed in the right direction. And when you look at his, his numbers, since he came back from the injury, um, he, he had, you know, four touchdowns and 11 interceptions in those first five full games before the injury and the five games since seven touchdowns, four of them running and, and only two interceptions, uh, and, and he just looks more comfortable today in, in what could have been a very difficult circumstance. So I would feel good about that if I were a Jets fan. What I would not feel good about is Denzel Mims. Not only did he drop that ball in the back of the end zone, but if he had caught it, I don't think it would have mattered because the ref had thrown the hat there. and I, So I believe he had run out of the back of the end zone, which makes it somehow even worse. It, it just isn't working. Um, and if you need an example of that, This is going to be harsh, but it's true. Connor McDermott, one career touchdown pass on one target. And uh, Denzel Mims, almost at the end of his second season, still does not have a touchdown reception. So not a great day for him. And it's hard to see what he could do in the final two games that would change the narrative. He'd have to go off uh, when the Jets are without their top three receivers today and he had zero impact on the game it's a pretty big sign that that's not going to happen. Um, putting the Zach Wilson's big rushing day into context, those 91 yards are also a franchise record. In addition to that 52 yard touchdown run, which was a franchise record. Both those records were set by Sam Darnold last year in a game. You might've forgotten against the Broncos mm-hmm. when he had that, that a uh, huge touchdown run for 46 yards in the first half. That was also crazy. Um, and Zach Wilson breaks those records today. So already a pretty impressive uh, resume line for Zach Wilson. And I believe that's it out of everything we talked about there. But, yeah, just a an interesting day for the Jets. I'm sure some fans aren't happy about the result. And I, and I actually understand why because it hurt the draft stock. But overall, a step in the right direction and, and continuing baby steps in the right direction for Zach Wilson, I think that's the big takeaway from today.
0: To build off that point that you just made, Andy, I'm thrilled that Zach Wilson played well and that he's starting to play better overall. What I said on Twitter, and some people didn't like it, is that the Jets are the kings of meaningless wins that end up hurting them in the end. And what I mean by that is... Zach Wilson his performance today would not have been changed at all if Trevor Lawrence had scored at the end of that game for Jacksonville and provided the Jaguars with a win it would have moved the Jets up to number two in the draft order and they would have been guaranteed to get either Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson now it looks like at best maybe there's a chance they can get to number three but even that is kind of iffy they could even slide back to five they're deadlocked right now with the Giants and the Texans and it's all going to come down to strength of schedule all I was trying to say is I wanted Wilson to play well I wanted the young guys to look good but I feel like the Jets do this every year we remember the famous Nick Bosa situation where Cole Beasley's knee ended up costing the Jets an opportunity to draft him. You go back and look at the 2017 season. The Jets won a game in December against Kansas City. Because of that, they wound up at number six overall, had to use three second-round picks to move up to get the quarterback. And, of course, Sam Darnold was that quarterback, and he ended up not working out anyway. But that's a whole different story. You take a look at last year where Braden Mann tackle that saved the touchdown is what separated the Jets from a loss against the Los Angeles Rams. People have pointed out, well, they won the Browns game anyway. We have no way of knowing if they would have won that game Without winning the Rams game first. That's one of those Heisenberg uncertainty principle situations. They very well may have been dejected after a loss to the Rams in a way that they weren't before, and maybe they don't beat the Browns. No way to know. But the point is, they always seem to come up with these victories at the end of the season that A, don't matter, and B, end up hurting them in the long run in terms of draft position. I was telling you before we started recording, somebody on Twitter reminded me of this, and I had completely forgotten. At the end of the 2007 season, the very last game of the year, the Jets beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It dropped them in the draft order from number three to number six. Instead of getting Matt Ryan, who they would have taken at number three, they ended up getting Vernon Golston. So that was a double kill shot. That was as much of a franchise crippling move down in the draft as you could ever possibly find because not only did you miss out on a franchise quarterback. But, of course, you end up drafting the biggest bust in franchise history on top of it. So, look, we'll see what happens. No guarantees. Obviously, everybody knows that the draft is a crapshoot, but you obviously want to be as high as possible to give yourself the best chance to get the guys that you want that'll make the biggest impact. We know that Kayvon Thibodeau, And Aiden Hutchinson are Widely regarded as the top two Edge rushers in this class The Jets clearly need one desperately Now they may not be in position To get one, we'll see how the draft board Falls as the process unfolds By the way, the Jets at this Moment have the number four and number Seven picks, Seattle moved up Ahead of the Giants other Pick which comes from Chicago today Because Chicago won And Seattle lost, so That's the bright side here, but still, from a long-term perspective, while I'm glad that Wilson played very well, I would have preferred if the Jaguars would have gotten into the end zone at the very end of the game. I'm not angry about the Jets winning, but I recognize what the better result would have been for the long haul, because people will talk about the culture. There were three guys on that field for the Jets that have any real long-term future as key pieces on this team. Bryce Hall... Michael Carter, and Zach Wilson. This win isn't going to carry over into next year. It's not some sort of culture builder to barely squeak by a terrible Jacksonville team at home at the end of a season that you are already 3-11 in before you get this win. So that's really where I'm coming from there. Again, I'm not trying to tell anybody else how to feel. If you're amped up about this win, awesome. And Andy, as you said to me before we started recording, certainly if the Jets are going to win, Zach Wilson being one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason for that win is how you want it to happen. So that's good. I'm just saying that I think Wilson's performance could have been just as significant even if the Jaguars would have won the game at the very end with a touchdown. So that's where I'm at with that. By the way, I will say one thing about the draft, though. As a friend of mine, Steve Kaufman, pointed out, he said, look, the bad news is they're probably not going to get Thibodeau or Hutchinson now. The good news is you can cross wide receiver off their list of needs because, as we said, Connor McDermott had himself a dazzling display in the end zone there catching one more career touchdown now than Denzel Mims like you said Andy so the Jets now have a true number one receiver in McDermott they don't have to worry about using a high pick in the draft on receiver the other thing I wanted to bring up here is I was really impressed with Ron Middleton really loved the way that he managed this now to be fair They were playing Jacksonville. This was an incredibly strange circumstance because both teams are terrible. A lot of guys were out with COVID. And then even James Robinson, who is the star running back for the Jaguars, went out very early in the game with an injury and never came back. But I liked how aggressive Middleton was. He coached to win this game. He didn't coach not to lose it. That's definitely a change, took some real risks. Some of them paid off, some of them didn't. We know that they went for that fake field goal that ended up getting stopped. But I really liked what he brought to the table today. As I said on Twitter, I didn't know a lot about him a couple of days ago, but he made a fan out of me today.
1: Yes, Scott, I don't know if it's time to start the higher Ron Middleton movement, but I will say that in games that Ron Middleton wasn't wearing the big headset, the Jets have led of the time at halftime. And in games where Ron Middleton is wearing the big headset, they've led 100% of the time at halftime. And they've also won 100% of their games. So you definitely have to think about uh, what he's bringing to the table here. But in in all seriousness, I love the aggressiveness. I, I thought going for it three times on fourth down on that final drive before halftime was was great, even though they didn't get into the end zone. I think it was fourth and two. I, I still love the call. I did not love the fake field goal call in the third quarter, especially because a field goal there would have put you up by seven. And I, and I just thought that was on fourth and five, the better play, especially with Pinheiro. He's been kicking very well for the Jets. Um, but it, it's hard to argue with what Middleton did today just because, I mean, the Jets were decimated in, in every way by injuries and by COVID. Um, and, and they still found a way to, to play a game that wasn't like the ugliest thing you've ever seen and then win it. So I, I think that's good. And then and then, just going back to the, the draft thing, I'm not going to get crazy into it because I wrote a big piece on NorthJersey.com and you can check it out there. I will say that I'm not going to, tell Jets fans what they can or can't be upset about. Nobody really has that right at this point. After the last 11 years, they've had to negotiate. I will say that like you pointed out, if, if they're going to win this and Zach Wilson is a big reason why, I mean, the 52 yard run, the big plays that I talked about earlier in the fourth quarter, the touchdown pass, the third down conversion. Um, if the cost of Zach Wilson making those plays is the Jets winning it's worth it at this point. But also if Trevor Lawrence had gotten into the end zone there in the final minute, it, it wouldn't have changed anything about Zach Wilson's performance. And, and it would have been better for the long-term future of the franchise just to have a higher pick. Um, yeah. The jets needed a win for their, for morale and, and it's nice and all that, but this stuff does not carry over year to year. And especially in a game like this, where the Jets weren't, didn't really even have their real roster out there for the most part. So, it's it's nice for the fans to get a a win instead of a horrible loss. It's certainly nice for the locker room, but it would have been a lot nicer to be picking in the top two. And then one last thought about this is the draft board is a funny thing. And yeah, Hutchinson and Thibodeau right now look pretty much like locks to go one, two, but weird stuff happens. Guys get hyped up. Even at this point last year, it wasn't certain that Zach Wilson was going to go in the top two. Um, it, although it was starting to look that way, there could be a quarterback who, who kind of jumps up the board here that, that we're not thinking about things could change. So, so just, Try not to get too discouraged if you are a Jets fan who who is a little bit discouraged and, and logically sees that it would have been better for them to, to lose this game, um, because you never know how the draft board is going to pan out. And just just try to enjoy something out of this. Be one of those fans because you know the Jets had won five out of their last thirty games before today. It doesn't happen often, so try to derive some enjoyment out of it and, and let the future come as it may. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
0: Andy, we talked about one, Connor, that was McDermott. Let's talk about the other one, Connor McGovern. He got hurt, came out of the game. Same thing happened to Trevon Wesco. What do we know about those two and any other injury issues involving the Jets?
1: Yeah, McGovern is obviously the big one. You know, he went down, the medical staff was looking at at his knee pretty closely. He was able to walk off the field under his own power, but very slowly. He went into the medical tent and then it was ruled out. This was the fourth quarter when he was injured. So it's hard to tell based on the on that, like if it was severe, how severe it was because it was the fourth quarter um, and that can affect like a player getting ruled out more quickly. But, but it's definitely a concerning thing, a concerning situation and one to watch moving forward because the Jets would certainly like to have their starting center out there for Zach Wilson in the final two games. And then with Wesco, he was also ruled out quickly after suffering the injury. Uh, there was no additional information on either of those guys injuries um, after the game from, from Middleton. So maybe we'll get an update tomorrow from Sala. I believe he's going to speak to us tomorrow, hopefully not from his hotel room. Maybe he's made some progress there, but he was in his hotel room today. Um, and then another some other injury stuff to watch only two weeks left for Mekhi Becton to get back. I don't think it's worth it at this point, but we'll see. Um, and Elijah Moore should be coming off of injured reserve potentially this week, but he's also on the COVID list, so we'll have to see on that one as well. But but that should have everything pretty covered from the injury standpoint. And and to see Michael Carter have this day, his first big game in his second game back from the ankle injury, also important to note. He looks like he's at 100%, and he's definitely showing progress in these final two games, another positive thing for for the Jets and their fans to feel good about.
0: Andy, I'm sure the locker room was a fun place today, especially with Ron Middleton. He seems like a real character. Tell me about what you got from the players and from Mr. Middleton after the game.
1: Yeah, Middleton is definitely an interesting dude. Um, And he said going into this game, and another reason for Jets fans to, to, or thing for Jets fans to feel good about is Middleton seems like a, a really good guy. He said on uh, Friday that he was looking forward to this opportunity he kind of always wanted to be a head coach but you know as you move on in life your goals change and he was really looking forward to the opportunity if it was possible if, if it ended up being necessary for him to be able to coach this game and get a taste of it and he thanked Robert Sala for that uh, and after the game he, he was understandably pretty happy he said he, he thought it was a true team effort of uh, everybody involved, and it was an awesome, awesome win. Uh, at the end of the game, when it was close, here's what he said. Quote, it got real tense. I can't imagine what my facial expressions were. I thought it was a great game too, uh, or too good of a game. At the end, I think we all liked the way it ended on this side anyway. I was, It was exciting. I was glad it worked out for us. Uh, on being aggressive on the fourth downs, he said that was kind of a point of emphasis going into the game from the coaching staff. We were going to be aggressive, he said, quote, but we weren't going to be foolish, end quote. Um, quote again, every time we went for it on fourth town, it was discussed. Our game analysis person, the Jets game management coach, Matt Burke, was giving information. All decisions were based on information. And as a staff, we said we could be aggressive, but again, not foolish, end quote. Um, he said that Robert Sala called in on Zoom after the game. And and it was pretty cool. C.J. Mosley also talked about that, um, and and the video is is out there on the Internet. Um, So that was a cool moment for the Jets. Uh, Middleton said he wished Sal had been there to see it. And um, when Ron Middleton was asked about kind of the experience of being a head coach for a week, he talked about, like, everybody who helped him get to this point, thanking the PR staff, all the the staff across the Jets, and and the players for – for being there for him. And I'll leave you with a Ron Middleton quote that kind of sums up his, his uh, charm and, and just like, he's a likable guy, like I said. Um, when he was talked about act being the acting head coach, uh, he talked about what his emotions were like. And he was like, um, just bear with me here. It's like a duck on water. Everything looks real smooth, but under the water, it's a lot of pedaling, if you will. To me, that's the biggest thing I've gotten out of it. Appreciation for those guys behind the scenes who make things look as smooth as they do, end quote. Um, Obviously, Connor McDermott's touchdown pass was a huge topic of conversation. And, um, well, I'll start with Zach Wilson and what he had to say about it. Uh, It it was pretty funny. Wilson said, quote, that was probably the highlight of my entire life so far, that (laughs) touchdown pass. Uh, the funny part, and, and then he end quote, and then he talked about how they had put the play in practice, and the offensive line has had, in his words, been giving him crap for not throwing the ball to them because Wilson said that's not even a read on that play. He, he went through his reads and then scramble scrambled, and only if he scrambles does that become an option. And then he got to that point in the play, um, and, and, and here's his quote: "I escaped to the right." I see this big dude with his hands in the air in the back of the end zone with nobody around him. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I throw it to him. Is this happening? Uh, this is exactly what we talked about. What happened if I scramble and he's open and the dude made an awesome catch coming down with it and uh, end quote. And then Wilson said it was really like one of the most cool moments of his entire football life. Um, going back to Middleton talking about this, he's the tight ends coach when he's not the acting head coach. So Middleton said that the play is called Wally Cross. It's been in the playbook, in the game plan for about five weeks now. And that is actually drawn up for Dan Feeney. And Feeney had been begging them to let him run the player, to run the play in a game because it had worked in practice. And it just so happened this game, Feeney is out there as the, as the left guard filling in for Elijah Vera Tucker. So they, when they called the play, it was McDermott who wasn't on the field at that point. He'd briefly come in, I believe for Morgan Moses for a few plays earlier in the game when Moses was shaken up. So now McDermott comes in the game and it happens for him. Uh, And uh, Middleton had a funny line there about how uh, McDermott who was a tight end in high school and middle school, as we found out, had been coming up to him and said, um, what kind of release do you think I should use? Should I go out and use a swim <laughs> or or, or uh, out and in? And and Middleton said to him, like, get away from me. We're not getting you the ball. Uh, but he said that they, when they ran it in practice twice this week, that, that McDermott looked pretty good, really smooth catching it. And then... Uh, Middleton said he made a hell of a catch today I was so happy for him and then finally the man himself McDermott he said it was probably his first touchdown cat catch since middle school or high school when he was a, a slim or a skinny 230 he, he's a little bigger than that now <laughs> um he said um that when Wilson threw him the ball he had one thought in his mind I'm catching this um here, here's a full quote. When I quote, when I was running and I realized no was on me, it was exciting. I was just like, I'm catching this. I saw him scrambling and then I started waving right when he pulled up. We made eye contact, saw the ball and just grabbed it. My old tight end schools skills from high school came out. Um, and then on his responsibilities for the play, again, pretty funny. I honestly don't even know what it's called. They just told me to run four to six yards up and then break. Right. <laughs> I'm going over the top. Expect it there. Two times we ran it and walked through, we threw it. So it just came into real life and it was great.
0: And what better quote to end this podcast on than that one? Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you've got a great deal going on at NorthJersey.com right now. 99 cents for six months of unlimited coverage. You get everything behind the paywall, which includes not just what Andy does, not just what's in the sports section, but everything. All the great local news over at NorthJersey.com works out to about 15 cents a month. Absolutely take advantage of that while the opportunity is still there for you. Andy, you just mentioned before that you're going to have a piece about what we talked about before with the Jets and draft position in NorthJersey.com coming up. You've got some other great content coming up the rest of this week. What should people look forward to?
1: Yeah, well, if you go on our website, I've got an extremely full and detailed breakdown of everything that happened today uh, from Barrios' touchdown return to the uh, Zach Wilson's historic day running the ball and and the progress we saw in the offense in general from him, all of that stuff from the game. Um, Also, I I went in depth on, on why, uh, what Wilson did was the most important thing today and and why, you know, if this is the cost of, of, if losing a draft pick or a higher draft pick is the cost, why it's worth it. Um, Went into detail there tomorrow. I'll have, exactly where the jets are picking in the draft as of right now and and who jets fans should be rooting for in these final two games of the season to get the best possible outcome also have a piece up right now from last week uh breaking down how the jets can fix their defense in free agency and the draft this season it might be a little closer than than you think to doing that so Check all that out at northjersey.com, and we'll obviously have full coverage as the Jets get ready to play Tom Brady and the Bucks next weekend at MetLife Stadium.
0: Check out everything Andy's doing over at northjersey.com. Also, check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. I just talked to the Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant. He's going to be putting together some great stuff this week. Obviously, we're going to get plenty of Zach Wilson on the channel, some Michael Carter. Might even have a dig at Trevor Lawrence in there as well. So if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, go ahead and do that and watch all the videos. Also check out our store at tpublic.com That's tee We've got the Zach Wilson Zach Says Go Long shirt The Zach the Ripper shirt The John Franklin Myers Quinn Williams Bless You Thank You shirt Play Like a Jet logo shirt Mugs, hoodies, hats It's all there tpublic.com That's tee And give us a 5 star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet
1: Digital and jet.com.